Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. It's Reconciling in Christ Sunday, and we are ready to celebrate with you. Sunday, January 30th is Reconciling in Christ Sunday for all who are official partners with Reconciling Works and join in their ongoing work of welcome, celebration, inclusion, and advocacy for the LGBTQIA community. All Places Together is so excited to join together with the 972 Lutheran faith communities in marking this occasion. And I'm especially excited because today we have a guest with us to increase our learning, our celebration, and prayers. I'm thrilled to welcome Deacon Liz Culver, she, her, the interim chair of the Reconciling Works Board of Directors to All Places Together. Liz has been an ordained deacon in the ELCA since 2015. She lives in the Seattle area with her spouse and three children. Liz and her children are all queer identifying. Liz is currently serving as a transition minister for a semi-rural RIC congregation and is also working on building a new ministry with the Northwest Washington Synod that supports LGBTQIA plus elementary age kids and their families in a creative space. Liz is also a maker, and she says she feels most whole when making something, especially right now as she works on carving her block prints. She also loves terrible TV, and her family loves RuPaul Drag Race, Dexter, and they've recently finished The Wheel of Time. Liz, welcome to All Places Together. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much, Colleen. I'm really glad to be here, too. So let's just start off with kind of talking a little bit more about what Reconciling Works is and what Reconciling in Christ Sunday is all about. Yeah, well... So Reconciling Works is a national organization that partners within the ELCA, helping um, establish and mission development congregations and communities that are faith-based communities, particularly Lutheran faith-based communities, really live into and understand what it means to be a radically welcoming space, specifically for LGBTQIA plus uh, folk and um, also to be intentionally anti-racist in who they are as communities and spaces. Lots of congregations and churches and faith-based spaces can claim to be welcoming and affirming, but there's some real intentional work that goes behind making, like living out that welcome and that affirmation. And so Reconciling Works has this... um, really uh, intentional program called the Reconciling in Christ program, which not only kind of helps create a checklist for congregations and communities to really be able to do the deep intentional work of what it means to be um, radically welcoming and affirming, but also gives them steps and tools and access to learning and continued opportunities to grow and live out what that actually means. The Reconciling in Christ program is a ministry of Reconciling Works that not only helps congregations identify that they want to be affirming and welcoming, but helps them live out their growing edges of being welcoming and affirming 
for the continuation of their experience as ministries. Right, because it's not just something that it's a one and done thing. Like you said, there's a checklist. It's not like you just create the checklist and it's like, okay, great. Like we are a welcoming community, like done onto the next thing. It's an ongoing process of figuring out what it means to welcome folks into your community, but then also celebrate who they are and utilize their gifts for like the future and the growth of that community. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, one way that I that I like to think about the gift of the of the Reconciling in Christ program, the continuation of learning, is even as a parent myself, my oldest child is 14 and queer identifying. And in the in the midst of their identity awareness and and um uh, orientation awareness, they have had a large number of different lenses that they put or titles that they put on their uh, sexual orientation that aren't even included with the letters LGBTQIAA+++, right? Like there's extra ones. I think currently my oldest identifies as Neptunic, right? So if I wasn't a part of a community that was willing to continue doing the ongoing learning as those things change and are differently informed, like I wouldn't know how to engage best with my own child, let alone other people in the community around me. So it's good work to keep learning. It is. And I think one thing that I've really appreciated in every conversation that I've had with um, the staff and the board members of Reconciling Works is that it is all rooted in such grace um, that it's all, oh, you don't know what that is? Like, here, let me share this research with you or this resource with you. Like, let me help explain that so you can come to understand. It's never it's never been my experience that it's like mean or shaming, but it's just like, oh, here, let me come alongside and help you understand these siblings in Christ better. And I don't know, maybe even understand yourself better through the process as well. Absolutely. One of the reasons why I why I chose to say yes when I was invited to serve on this particular organization's board is for that specifically. The grace-filled opportunity to be a lifelong learner in this is uh, is necessary to be done without shaming. So. so Reconciling in Christ Sunday is one of the many opportunities throughout the year um, that congregations and communities and mission developments are invited to lift up this important work of radical inclusion in worship. So this is the first year of All Places Together. So it's the first for us to be able to celebrate this, which is why we're so excited for you to be here. So I was wondering if you could share with us um, kind of the tradition or um, history of Reconciling in Christ Sunday and like what it means in in these communities. Wow, that's a great question. So I, I've been on the board of Reconciling Works for less than about six months. So all of this kind of historical stuff is still new to me too, as I'm learning. But I've been a member of RIC congregations for ages and ages. Um, with intention, my family has sought to only become members of RIC congregations. So I can speak from that place specifically for you. And that's I think- perfect. Yeah, and I I think that the gift or the tradition of RIC Sunday is an opportunity to, for congregations and ministries to really play around with the gift of what radical welcome looks like and feels like, particularly inclusion of new language, new lenses, new perspectives. There's There's this overarching gift 
of the of the liturgy or the way that we talk about radical welcome through reconciling works with our reconciling in Christ Sundays in our congregations. But like we were saying before, there's always new learning that happens, right? So so the the contextual nature of the way that the liturgies are put together every year bring into our forefront how are we inclusive and welcoming as church in the midst of a pandemic when we don't get to be face to face or how are we in- inclusive and welcoming when you know 20 years ago when we changed the way that we used to sit, we used to use the acronym GLBTQ, and now we've changed it to LGBTQ. And why is that? And how do we find joy and opportunity to use this, these liturgies and this RIC Sunday as an opportunity to continue our education as community while we're also lifting up the gift and gratitude for radical welcome in our spaces? That's so beautiful. And I think that really speaks to the best of what worship can be, like when it affirms the gift, when it's teaching us something new, when it's encouraging us forward, like affirming who we are, like that's just so beautiful. And again, I think the best of what of what worship can be. I agree. So this year's theme is God's boundless diversity. And so you mentioned before the theme changes every year, correct? So like this is the first time that this is the theme. Yes. So I understand that the theme was developed to kind of go hand in hand with the ELCA's youth gathering event that's happening this summer, whose theme is boundless. And so the RIC Sunday theme was to kind of complement that, help folks get ready for this big summer event, but I think also take a really deep dive into all of the different ways that we are created and that each of us is really unique. Yes, absolutely. I think when I looked at this liturgy and I paid attention to the way that, um, that, our, that our beautiful, talented, gifted staff kind of put this together, um, the expansiveness of Radical Welcome and Inclusion that Reconciling Works tries to incorporate in all of the things that we do is really well developed for this year's particular liturgy around the boundless diversity of God, right? That it's more than, it's, yes, it's the, it's the, um, it's the open-ended, wildly affirming love of our queer siblings and it's the open-ended, wildly welcoming love of our BIPOC siblings, and it's the radically welcome, boundless love that we have for our neurodiverse siblings, and, 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 right? Like, there's no end to God's boundless diversity, and this is a, um, a liturgy that really, I think, helps to encapsulate that. Yeah. I love that, that the boundless diversity, the expansiveness of it, and how big all of this love is that God has for us, and then also the particularity of God loving me and God loving you in each of our bodies with all of these different parts of ourselves and how we identify and how all of these things overlap in each of us. I love how big and how particular this is, this theme is. Oh, yes. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. So I wonder when you think about your life experience, how have you experienced God's boundless love in your life? 
Oh, Colleen, that's such an incredible question, right? And I've been I've been thinking about it for a couple of days. And it's a surprisingly hard question to answer, right? Because God's boundless love is gigantic and minuscule and all of the sizes and experiences in between those two kinds of cap ends, right? And beyond the caps, right? The the infinity of it. <laughs> um, yes. But I feel like um one way that I've experienced that I've experienced God's boundless love is in the way that I was raised uh in the church. Now I'm a lifelong cradle Lutheran. My parents met at a small Lutheran school and uh and were married shortly after and raised me and my siblings in uh Lutheran churches. And so I was baptized when I was something like two and a half weeks old, right? Like barely dry enough to get wet again, right? And (laughs) and I feel like, but my parents didn't have siblings that um, that had families, and so my family was my parents and my siblings and my aunt and one set of grandparents that lived far away and weren't particularly present for us. And so my parents created this opportunity for us to have family in the midst of the congregation that we were members of. I didn't only have one aunt. I had 475 and I I didn't have one grandmother that lived far away. I had a ton of grandparents that came to every single thing that was important to me growing up because of the way that that church showed up as family for me. And so I experienced this boundless love, right? In this, in these communities that I was raised in, these church communities I was raised in. So when I would struggle with faith or I would struggle with understanding what was going on around me in the world, I always knew that if there, if, if it wasn't a question I wanted to ask or a conversation I wanted to have with my parents, I had, you know, 300 other sets of parents in this congregation that really, really, really loved me, really loved me. And it was part of, it was um, a big part of that upbringing changed and challenged the way that I wanted to be an adult and that I wanted to be a parent, right? And so when my spouse and I were married and we chose to um, to start a family, it was really with deep intention that we made sure that the congregations we, we would attend would be RIC congregations so that our children would always know that however they had been made by God, would be welcomed and affirmed completely, explicitly, expansively, and always. You know, so that boundless love of community that church played for me growing up is part of what's helped me be a different kind of boundlessly loving parent, although it's really hard. Let me just say, parenting is really hard. <laughs> but, but the intention behind uh, loving our kids as God loves us is a pretty massive gift that I was bestowed because of the communities that I was surrounded with. All of that is so lovely. And what really stuck out to me, or one of the things that really stuck out to me and what you shared there is talking with your spouse, 
to you're going to become parents, you want to start a family and being so intentional about being a part of a church that you knew would love your kids however they would be before they even maybe really existed in the world that you know that that openness for you as a parent to have that for their for your child to be whoever they're going to become before they even are on the outside is is so amazing and that's already so open and so boundless ah thanks thanks I think that's a place that so I um uh, like you said in the intro, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I live in Seattle, and we're a pretty progressive, pretty liberal kind of part of the country. And knowing that um, my family, in the midst of being, you know, a, a religious family, a church-going family, right, is progressive and open and intentional about being affirming and inclusive. There are a large number of other families in the Pacific Northwest that are not church-going families that try to do that work too. And the and the challenge that comes up now that I've been noticing in various places and spaces is that when you are super affirming of the identity of your children from a really young age, they're going to know who they are earlier. Yeah, wow. Right? And so then the gift and challenge of being a parent of, you know, a four-year-old who knows their gender identity might be different than the way that their biological body presents is like incredible. And to be able to have that, that awareness of identity and be a part of a church that continues to work towards being inclusive and affirming and expansively boundlessly welcome is a gift and challenge at the same time, right? Definitely. That it really must keep you on your toes as you try to support them in this journey to help them find the clothing or accessories to express on the outside what they're feeling on the inside. And I'm sure like in a pandemic when you can't go anywhere that that's, you know, complicated as well. And all of those things and maybe how you talk to other parents to help other families understand and support them that there's so many layers to that. There are. Yep. (laughs) Well, and I appreciate that you said too, that you don't have to be a part of a church to find this type of acceptance in a family, right? That there is there is also this love and acceptance outside of the church. And then kind of the flip to that is there are plenty of church spaces that don't have this particular type of boundless and radical welcome. And so I wonder what you would say to someone who grew up in a different situation than yours, someone whose church experience wasn't affirming of who they are, especially if they identify as queer. What words of encouragement or consolation or words of anything would you offer to someone like that? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. So I I think the first thing that I would do is um, especially if they are a person who grew up um, around faith and religious languages and religious spaces, is to simply remind them of the truth they already know, that God isn't encapsulated by a building or a particular community, that God's love is so boundless and and, um, diverse, that God's love can meet you uh, outside of any kind of faith 
space or faith community, right? Like, I think that in the Pacific Northwest, where I'm from, there's a huge contingency of people who identify as spiritual, but not religious. And, and I, and I understand that. I know there are a lot of kind of religious leaders who are like, what? That's weird. That doesn't make sense, but it makes so much sense to me. Me too. Right. Because it, because what, I mean, what it does is it get these, these people are owning the fact that God's love is boundless, (laughs) that, that God's love can be felt and experienced beyond an awareness or an encapsulation of who God is or might be. According to whom? According to what? Yes. According yes. To, to, to whose institution told you that that's what it needs to be, right? That's what God is. If you experience rootedness and clarity and capacity for diversity when you're out amongst the silence of the trees and the birds in the wilderness, then you know God's boundless love and diversity. Mm. right and and if you didn't experience an affirmation of your identity and who you are and who you were when you were growing up in a faith in a faith incorporated space or a faith community but you experience those things when you are playing euchre with your friends around the dinner table then you know and are currently experiencing God's boundless diversity and love. So I think that's where I'd start, right? In a conversation with someone who had a different upbringing, faith upbringing than me, is that it, uh, you know, and then I'd say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the spaces that are connected to my faith spaces, that are, that share similar language and lenses to the Jesus that I follow and the scripture that I believe in and the liturgies that I pay attention to and the name particularly, you know, Lutheran denominational name, right? If you were a part of a space that shared any of those things with, with how I see the world and they've seen and they've saw it differently and they hurt you, I am sorry. I just want to give space for that to really sink in because I know many of our listeners listen to All Places Together and are connecting here because they are struggling or curious about their faith. And so I appreciate you naming those things and kind of helping those of us who did grow up in the church be able to start to have those conversations and open up those places to just really listen and and two, to hear what that person's particular experience was like in their context. Liz, I wonder if you might also be able to share how the work of reconciling works or maybe some of your other work that you do in your life as well helps others to experience God's boundless love. One of the gifts that I've experienced as a participant in RIC congregations, but even more so on the board of directors for Reconciling Works, is the gift of grace-filled accompaniment that Reconciling Works is willing to do with congregations that are moving towards being reconciling in Christ congregations or welcoming and affirming congregations. When I say grace-filled accompaniment, I also mean 
the grace-filled, loving agitation that's necessary to help communities really think hard about why they're doing the work of becoming an RIC congregation. I know that there are lots of spaces and lots of faith communities that put a rainbow flag outside of their space or a sign on their office door that says all are welcome that are not safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know that. And it's, it's rough. It's rough out there, folks. But I can, I can say with some pretty good certainty that if you see a congregation that identifies as a Reconciling in Christ congregation, an ELCA congregation, that identifies as a Reconciling in Christ congregation, it means that they have done the work with Reconciling Works to do that, to, to, to experience the grace-filled accompaniment and agitation that means that they have really intentional clarity around what that radical welcome looks like, right? So all of the different churches that have rainbows across them, I know that the gift of God's boundless love is real, like unabashedly real, if that congregation has an RIC sticker on their door or an RIC, uh, uh, you know, certificate posted on their bulletin board in their in their in their narthex or their lobby whatever fancy word you might want to call the opening space <laughs> of the congregation's building right it means that they did the real work of what it means to be aware of boundless love i also believe that there's a gift that the ric process um, shares with congregations That if there's something new that needs to be learned or something new that needs to be addressed to expand the intentionality of radical welcome, that Reconciling Works will show up Mm -hmm. and help those RIC congregations find ways to, um, to live out that newly expanded radical welcome. For example, uh, Reconciling Works has requested that all RIC congregations edit and adapt their uh, welcome statements to be inclusive of being intentionally anti-racist in the ways that they engage their world and community, their worship, their spaces, um, and what have you. By 2025, now 2025 seems like a kind of long time from now to do that work, but that's part of what makes Reconciling Works such a grace-filled accompanier and agitator, right? That the work to do this needs to be real, not just words on a paper or added words to a statement, but real intentional work that means that the congregation is prepared to do the work of the newly informed statement. I mean, I just think that that's so beautiful. There's no race. Hmm. There's no race. It's just um, intentionality. Yeah, it's so much more than just opening up the document, deleting those words and writing in something new, that it's this ongoing process. And as you've used the word agitation and agitating a few times now, um, a few different images come to mind. One is, of course, the agitator in the 
washer machine, you know, like when you're washing yeah. your clothes and how that movement is necessary to like break loose, you know, the, the dirt and the stains and the dog hair at my house, like to get that off um, so that it can be clean. And that's kind of a, maybe a metaphor for confession and forgiveness in that. Yeah. Um, and I also think about um, the African-American spiritual um, God's going to trouble the water and yeah. uh, wade in the water, I think is actually the name of what it's called, what the hymn is called. And then it talks about how God's going to trouble the water and how you need that trouble. You need that good trouble. You need that agitation, that process in order to really learn and grow because we have so much um, homophobia and racism and sexism and all of the isms like in us because of the society that we grew up in. Um, Some of those things maybe we picked up intentionally from different adults in our lives along the way. Some of it, a lot of it was unintentional. And and it takes so much work to to let that loose, to, to get that out of your mind and out of your heart. And maybe it doesn't ever really go away the whole way, but you're able to kind of break break some of those thought patterns and speech patterns to be able to embrace that love for yourself and for others. And it's not just deleting things in like the word document of our brain either, right? It's a process and the growth. And so the time and the mo- the time frame that, that reconciling works allows that to happen in and also saying that it's important, identifying that this is something that needs attention and we, you, we want you to grow in. All of that is so important. Exactly. Yes, you've got it. You've got it. We don't want any of our organizations to just be paying lip service to, um, to what it means to be welcoming and affirming. We want these signs outside of your doors and these certificates in your spaces to mean something to the people that see them. People are desperate to know that their identities and um, persons are really actually welcomed, right? And I think we think we know who we are, but the agitation of the water, right? Like you're saying, shifts for us. It, 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 it flexes for us what our reflection is. And we see ourselves as differently, than we did before the water was troubled. And so how do we accept that ourselves? And how do we accept that of one another? And how painful is it to pretend that that's something that's accepted? It's so necessary to know that all of the ways that we appear in spaces are welcome and affirmed and needed, right? Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with the All Places Together community on our first Reconciling in Christ Sunday? Yes, there is. I am so excited and delighted and energized by what this community looks like and might look like as it continues to be formed. I am so energized and delighted by the ways that Colleen is being affirmed in the work of doing this podcast, right? The opportunity for people to kind of come alongside and listen to a podcast 
and really engage some deep questions about faith and spirituality and affirmation and welcome in a safe kind of kind of invisible way by being a podcast listener and so cool right like so to all of you listening that are just kind of given given the church the side eye you know good for you ask yeah. the questions i'm so delighted that you have a space where you can engage and um and i hope that you find the gift of community, the gift of authentic, intentional, affirming, agitational, welcoming, radical, boundless, loving community that you're looking for, and that this all places together might be the facilitator for you to um, take that leap, take that risk, and love pretty hard and pretty big. Thank you so much, Liz. Your words have been an encouragement and inspiration to me, and I know that they will be the same also and maybe more to the folks who are able to listen to this as well. So thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for the invitation. This was delightful. I'll come back anytime you want to talk more. Oh, we'd love that. We'd love to have you back. And I guess just to say here at the end, Is there any way, let me try again. Liz, how might folks connect with Reconciling Works if they're interested in learning more about what the organization does? Maybe they want to be able to volunteer or get involved. How might folks connect with the organization? Oh, good question. You definitely, definitely best way to connect with us is through our website. And there are different ways to connect through that. So reconcilingworks.org is our website. And on our website, you'll find information about volunteer opportunities. You'll find ways to connect with our staff. Our program director is Ashley Kramer, who is fantastic and works with all of our congregations and community partners who are looking towards the work of becoming a Reconciling in Christ community and can be such an incredible gift of support. So uh, reach out, connect, um, donate, be a donor. Reconciling Works needs funding, right? Just like all nonprofits. But this is good and hard and holy work. And as you can imagine, there are lots of organizations that want to kind of work against us. So supporting queer-affirming organizations and queer-affirming faith-based organizations is a valuable opportunity. So uh, our website is the best way that you can connect. So thanks. Thank you again, Liz, for being with us today, for your ongoing work with Reconciling Works, and for being a voice of God's boundless love in this world. We need your voice, and I give thanks for your voice and your presence with us here today. Thanks. It's my pleasure. A prayer for boundless diversity. Mighty God, soften our hearts this day as we seek to hear your words and commands. 
in a world where we are daily confronted with the ways we are different, told to make ourselves smaller for the convenience of others. Teach us as your people how to celebrate your boundless diversity reflected in every person who is made in your image. To have safe spaces is to experience your saving grace. Guide us to be people of faith who are committed to learning and relearning what it means to welcome, include, celebrate, and advocate for all you call beloved. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. This past week, I had the opportunity to join with two other ministries for celebration and preparation for their Reconciling in Christ Sunday festivities. Thank you to Luther Memorial and the Well Campus Ministry for the invitation to be with y'all. If you are part of another RIC community and you're interested in collaborating in some form or fashion, please reach out. I'm all for working together. My email for this or any other thing you might want to reach out for is allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thank you to our mission partners of the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church, and people like you who have shared donations. We know it can be hard to give financially. So we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life and engage with the APT community throughout the week. Y'all's comments on Instagram and Facebook totally give me life. Comments like this heartfelt one from Patty who shared this about last week's podcast episode. One of the blessings God gives us is that she doesn't expect us to figure out our lives at any moment. She loves us no matter what. And to that I say, preach it, Patty. Thank you for sharing this encouragement with us. And I also want to say, I love how ridiculous we can all be when we're brainstorming which Bible characters fit the Encanto soundtrack. Like both of these things, I am so here for this heartfelt and meaningful work and also being able to have fun in celebrating our faith too. Until next time, remember that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.